I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey, Owl Pellets, this is Brian, Mike, and Becky, and we are back for another season of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers podcast, and we are live in studio. Literally in studio. And I've got <laughs> buttons to push. And he is pushing them. And I am pushing them. <laughs> and Becky is pushing mine. Live recorded. <laughs> we are live and recorded. That's right. We are. And so it is great to be back for another season here of Owl Pellets. And um, in addition to our regular programming, we're going to have a thing we started last year with kind of an ongoing series throughout the entire season. And Becky... Tell us what we're going to be focusing on this this year. We are going to be focused on mentoring this season. So it's another National Academies Press report. As we talked about with how people learn, the National Academies Press really brings together experts in these different areas, and in this case, mentoring, to kind of come to a consensus about what does this mean? What do we do with this? How do we use this definition to really grow our mentoring? In this case, in STEM. Um, and I was telling Brian and Mike before we started, there are already podcasts on this report. so But not nearly as good as our podcast. Right, right. So clearly we needed to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> but some of some of this is also taking, you know, this, this report is really focused on STEM in higher ed and undergrad and graduate student success. But there are, I think, some really great little nuggets throughout the report that we can apply in school-based ag ed. And so that's really where we're taking this in terms of, of looking at this again and doing another series on on mentoring. Absolutely. And I think there's so many different directions we can go with mentoring when we start thinking about it. I know we're going to talk a little bit about definitions and defining mentoring today, but, you know, peer-to-peer, our teachers, our ag teacher associations, and then also in the classroom, our mentoring. So whatever hat you're going to put on today, I think you got a, a great opportunity to think about uh, mentoring and the role that it plays. I think it's interesting too is we're going to again we're going to talk about the definition because mentoring I think is one of those words that is really really cool that we like to use and we want to say hey I'm going to be a mentor we're going to have a mentoring program and we've probably all seen a dozen quote-unquote mentoring programs and all of them look different so what do we know it really is mentoring well first we know there are like 50 definitions of mentoring and those just came about from like 1991 to 2007 so <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of ways this is defined for the intent of this report. They've got a pretty substantial definition. You do not need to try to write this all down. We'll break it down as we chat through it today. But the National Academies Press for this report defined mentoring as a professional working alliance in which individuals work together over time to support the personal and professional growth, development, and success of the relational partners through the provision of career and psychosocial support. And there will be a quiz afterwards. Woo! To I just make told sure you didn't need to write it down. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Memorize it. No quiz. No quiz. <laughs> no quizzes. Okay. So what the heck does that mean? That's a lot of that's a lot of big words. I think as we think about how do we how do we use this, one of the first things that really jumps out, it starts off with it's a professional, it's a professional process, professional relationship. And they talk about it through the report as different things in terms of process or relationship. But I think that it starts out with professional, even though personal and professional growth come up later, there's there's something to that that I think really struck me as I thought about my own both the mentors, the people that I've considered mentors and the people that I have attempted to mentor. Mm -hmm. um, 
in terms of how I really had to like situate myself to think about what does this, what does this actually involve and where does this actually occur? One of the things that I was, when I was reading this report and yes, I did read the report, Becky, I've been accused of not reading the report. Um, read two thirds of the report. I read two thirds of the report. <laughs> okay. Skimmed. Yeah. I looked at the pictures. It's all good. Um, Copy of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> did we read the same report? We did. We did. But the idea of intentionality, I think so oftentimes we talk about mentoring. We think just about getting two people in the room together or, okay, we're going to hook you, you know, you're going to talk to you and send an email once or twice. But this report really, and in that definitions talks about being intentional and focusing on that professional relationship. And I'll be honest, read through it. It's like mentoring is a lot of work. <laughs> which is the next part that it's, it's a working alliance, which yeah. implies that there, there is definitely some work in, mentoring and work around mentoring. It doesn't just happen as it's, it's more than a friendship. It's more than coaching. It's more than advising. Like there's, there's some work both in and around the relationship. Well, that was part of you mentioned, but it's more than a friendship. I mean, part of the report talks about it. basically it, it's not a friendship. I mean, now you could be friends, but you can have a very, what you're talking about, you can have a very productive, highly functioning mentoring relationship and not be friends with that person because of the focus of, of what that's supposed to be. And we're probably going to talk later on about the difference between, you know, advising, mentoring, coaching, all those different things. And mentoring is a very, is a very well-defined and a very important task that it talks about here and, and the advantages that we have to, to actually use mentoring to help people in their professional relationships. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and even I think the, the report talks about mentoring being complementary to the coaching and the teaching and, and, uh, other types of activities that we uh, think about quite regularly. Sometimes we use them synonymously with, with mentoring, but they're certainly different than that. So So we talk about what mentoring is not, what the heck is mentoring then, Becky? (laughs) Well, I think it gets to that piece first off in the definition of just working together over time. And I think something that that really called to me, one of the big challenges I think in the work that we do both in school-based ag ed and higher ed, kind of wherever we're thinking about some of these mentoring relationships is, so often we're trying so hard to say, all right, here's this, here's this time that we're going to mentor. And we really kind of put this fixed amount of time. We're going to do it for a year. Even the nature of our jobs, we see students in high schools for four to six years. We see them in higher ed for two to four years. Like there, there's a very limited time just by nature of what we do in terms of making that really a a working alliance based on just even the time factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's the deal is trying to understand that this is not, it's not this deal that we oftentimes have these mentoring programs well intended for ag teachers, especially I'm, I'm thinking of a lot of ag teacher associations that will put together quote unquote mentoring programs that say, okay, the mentor teacher and the new teacher is going to meet four times over the next year, which is really good. Mm-hmm. But Looking at this report, that's probably not mentoring or at least a limited uh, approach at mentoring because of that longer term type of relationship and some of the activities that it talks about in, in, in focusing to do that, to, to help that person be successful. And we, if we look at mentoring from the report, it is, it is longer term and it's dynamic. And so there could be certain aspects that happen within that first year, but as people grow and develop, there's conversations that take place about how mentoring would change and how it would evolve over the course of a, a longer period of time. Yeah. Well, that's just by nature what it is. I mean, the next piece to more to Brian's point of what is it, the 
it's supporting the personal and professional growth development success. And just even in those first two growth and development, like there's going to be some change over this, over this time. And there's almost this implied, if there's not change, maybe we have to kind of think about is that, is there, is there mentoring? If there is no change over the time that you're there and the report doesn't put it in quite those specific terms, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, and I, I think the word dynamics and there's somewhere it's a dynamic relationship because and with, with all that, because probably when you begin, I mean, I go back to my own case, thinking of some people that have, that I would consider mentors that we've had this mentoring relationship with. And that relationship has been intentional, but that relationship has changed since we first established it early in my career as I went through mid-career, now the, the current stage of career where we are, and, and, and the conversations we have are much different than what they were when we first got started. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the other piece of that is that, and, and you, you both mentioned it a little bit, is that um, we need a variety of mentors. It's not just a one person is a one size fits all and will really solve the problem. So I think, I think the report talks about a constellation of mentees that, uh, or mentors that a mentee should really think about in building those relationships. And, and when I, even as a mentor, talk to individuals, junior faculty or whatever, we talk about that. It's like, what are your needs? Where do you need to develop those those skill sets? And who is in the best position to help you develop in those areas? And and go seek those people out and and uh, and and take advantage of those resources and those people that are willing to help coach and, and mentor you through those processes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of that too then is the relational partners piece of that. And the, the I think the term that stuck out to me from the report was mutual responsiveness. And that really had me kind of question some of the things that I've thought about mentoring in terms of both my own mentors and being a mentor, like mutual responsiveness is, is really big. (laughs) It's not just a sit down for coffee (laughs) situation. Like there's, we, we talked about that change and the dynamic of that relationship. Like it's a lot, it's, it's a lot bigger investment than I think we sometimes give mentoring. I think sometimes we throw that around and just say, oh yeah, well, I've got a mentor, but mutual responsiveness is, there's some weight behind that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that caused me to be a little self-reflective. I think uh, at times um, I've been in mentor, formal mentor relationships where I'm like, I'm here, I'm here to help. Let me know when you have questions or you need some guidance and direction and I'd be glad to do it. But I didn't necessarily want to drive the, the, the pickup truck, but you know, reading through this, I think there needs to be some intentionality on both sides and caused me to kind of reflect on that a little bit. Well, and, and when I was reading that, that part of the report, it was talking about maybe, maybe think about we really need to prepare people and to teach or to train people how to be a mentor, but also how to be a, either a, what you want to call it, a mentee or a protege or whatever else, because that mutual uh, responsibility there means both groups, ha- you have to bring something to the table. And, and much like Mike was saying, unfortunately, I've, I've been part of programs where if I was in the mentor piece, I was like, okay, I'm going to let the other person drive it. And when they need something, they'll call me. So I sit here and wait. And the same time as the person that's being mentored, I'm like, I'm going to sit here and wait for my mentor to call me because I want to bother them. And so yep. what we're both, we're, we're mutually waiting <laughs> rather than mutually responsible <laughs> for anything else. And so nothing ends up happening. Um, and, and part of that is maybe I think one of the things came out of this report that is very critical is setting the, 
kind of the the guidelines and the protocols for this relationship and to set the goals out? What what does it look like? And having the opportunity to really reach out and to and to give each other permission to kind of I don't say get each other's life, but to pick up the phone and say, Hey, we need to talk. Yeah. We need to see what's going on and not just sit here and, and wait for the other one to to reach out. Well, I think that's huge because it's not responsiveness. It's it's not responsiveness in waiting to respond to somebody else's need. There's this balance of kind of being ready to respond to a need that you didn't anticipate, but also some, like you were saying, responsibility there with anticipating. Because I think something that's maybe not as clear in this definition that they do talk about in the report quite a bit is often those mentoring relationships are from people who've been there before. And they talk a little bit when we get to the, when they get to some of the recommendation pieces about where do people really find value in these. So there's a sneak peek for, <laughs> for future episodes. <laughs> but as we think about just that balance of responsiveness and anticipation, I think the the same thing of like having been in either position, this constant like I want to I want to wait, I want to be responsive, I don't want to overstep, but recognizing that the other person is also probably waiting. Right. <laughs> Well, and I think we're probably going to get a little bit more into the report mentions, I can't remember, it's like five or six different types of mentoring relationships. And one of those being this constellation of, of mentors, which I think makes a lot of sense. But I also think there's probably each of those people in that constellation have a little bit different responsibility. And some are going to be much more um, intentional and, and much more intensive in there. And that, that those will be the ones that you're going to have to say, because I can think there's two or three people in my life that are going to, that, you know, they, when they call, I'm going to pick up the phone and we're going to have this very intense conversation. Mike and I are not those people. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but then there's other ones that I take a lot of, that I consider a mentor, but in a, in a much more narrowly focused area that we're not going to have quite that as, as broad of a, that professional type of experience. And maybe as we have this conversation, I'll learn that maybe that's not really a mentoring relationship. Maybe that's more of this advising or coaching that we're going to talk about later on. So, but I, I do think it's having that, that relationship that builds over time, as you've, as you've pointed out. And really, there's at least a, you need to have a couple people in your life that kind of have open access to the whole thing to, to, to really understand that professional growth, um, because sometimes we want to we want to compartmentalize things, which is okay to a point. But to, but unless you're being really mentored and opened up to that person to kind of see everything, you can can't really see all the, how all the pieces fit together. And I think again that goes to that mutual response. Like it's not just the mentee pouring out to the mentor all the all the everything it's the mentor having a little bit has, has some skin in the game in terms of their own vulnerability and authenticity as well. Um, and I think again, that relational partners piece, that mutual responsiveness, like this mutual goals, needs, and priorities is really central to that relationship. I think really gives us some pause to think about how do we pair these, whether it's peer mentors, whether it's a mentoring program, like mm -hmm. there's a lot of weight behind what that, what that mentoring relationship really needs to be mm -hmm. able to do. Yeah, and one of the things that um, the article talks a little bit about, again, is uh, trust and, and this whole idea of building trust and building relationships and rapport that you can share with a mentor in, in both directions, whether it's the mentor or mentee, um, having, having enough trust to be able to really share the internal thoughts and thinking and, 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 and being honest with one another. 
Yeah, that when I was reading that piece about trust, I was sitting there thinking, as again, as a, as a takeaway for all the folks that are listening that are running these ment- quote-unquote mentoring programs, is how do you create a situation where you can actually create that that trust between the individuals? And, you know, hopefully we're going to talk a little bit more for folks that are doing this is, you know, is it, are they paired up? Are they, do these develop naturally? Mm-hmm. And then how do you, how do you create this area where you do feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable with somebody to say, because, I mean, ag teachers, everybody's got an ego. <laughs> everybody's got an ego. And that's not, not necessarily a horrible thing. But, you know, sometimes it's really hard to, to sit there and admit, you know, man, I'm supposed to be the ag teacher. I've been doing this for six, eight months, and this thing came. I have no idea what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or I've been teaching for four or five years, and I've run across something that I don't know how to do. And being willing to admit that to somebody else is is a challenge. I think being able to embrace that, too, thinking about even mentoring high school students, like, how many high schoolers do you know who are going to be like, I don't actually, like, they're some of the most confident people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's difficult. Um, it's particularly in a lot of settings, but in this one, particularly, if you're thinking about state associations and others trying to develop and run mentoring programs, how do you play matchmaker mm-hmm. and thinking really through what those challenges are uh, with, with that process? I think that really gets to the last piece of the definition when we're thinking about providing career and psychosocial support. So then when we think about some of those, where are we thinking about this vulnerability or authenticity? Career support is really focused on career guidance, skill development, and sponsorship. Um, and then psychosocial support really focused on that psychological and emotional support and role modeling. And I thought it was really interesting that role modeling came in the psychosocial support and not in the career support as far as just what example are we seeing? And so thinking about that as a mentor, what what example do we set in terms of, especially that that's in that psychosocial aspect about what's, because there are there, a lot of the mentoring relationships ends up being navigating some of those norms. Um that I think poses some interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's so many, there's so much what you just laid on us right there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just seen their face. They're both, uh. yeah, like boom. <laughs> well, and, and, and again, where I'm going, I'm thinking about, you know, we, we want all, we, we think everybody needs to have a mentoring relationship, which is probably good, but not every relationship has to be a mentor because you go, you go back in there. The mentoring includes all those things, but you could have, parts of those things in a different type of relationship, which is what you, you may need at different times. And, and maybe that's, that goes back again to, I'm thinking about, you know, so many new teachers and again, I'm in, I'm just in teacher, new teacher mode right now. You're going to have your, your state ag teacher association is going to have a, have a mentoring program. Your local school district or high school may have a mentoring program, you know, all these different things. And so you have, you know, it could possibly be this constellation we talk about, but each of those is probably going to have a different type of relationship. And it's not so much just about how are you going to help survive this first year. True mentoring is this bigger picture. It's not just about survival, which is part of it, but survival is also important. And so as, I, as you're, you're talking about all these different parts and pieces, I mean, there's a lot there. <laughs> it's, it's too big a job for one person. Yeah. When you really look at, look at the weight of this definition, I think it's really – something the committee was pretty intentional about was saying this is a this is meant to be kind of paradigm shifting that this is not I have a mentor it's really how do different people feel fill different roles because even if you think about sponsorship where it's really 
how do I promote this person? And how do I really think about like, if I'm in this room, this person's going to come up. If I like, and being in a position to do that one, even with the, even with Brian and Mike, like the, the difference in their ability to promote somebody versus my ability to promote somebody just because of the different positions that we're in, like they're just different institutional roles that we're in where we're not able to fill some of those mentoring roles as well. And, and I found in, we maybe we can probably run out of time for this podcast, but the whole idea of sponsor of sponsoring, they, I think mm-hmm. I was worried they not sponsorship sponsoring. I found that fascinating on how they framed it in this particular report and all the things that they included in that. And I think that's, that's to me is that next piece that takes typical advice giving, having a shoulder to cry on, which takes it to real mentorship, to that longer term professional growth kind of idea. And I, again, <laughs> hopefully we you may give them a, a, a sneak peek there, but I was really fascinated with what they included all in that sponsoring aspect of mentoring. Yeah. So that's to come. I'm going to share the definitions weighty. So I'm going to share it one more time just before we close out this episode, just so you've got that kind of chew on <laughs> as you leave today. So remember, we're talking when we look at this series, we're really talking about mentoring as being a professional working alliance in which individuals work together over time to support the personal and professional growth, development, and success of the relational partners through the provision of career and psychosocial support. And there's a ton more to dig into in that definition than we could do today. Mike is super excited for that. He can't wait. <laughs> Great conversation today Uh, for those, uh, you know, we were talking about the glass being half full. I think for those that uh, look at the world a little differently and the glass is half empty, I'm sure some are saying yes, but there's barriers. And Mm -hmm. so I think we recognize that there's barriers like uh, lack of time, lack of resources, the reward system may not be there and certainly may not have the expertise or the skill set in order to make that happen or even the confidence and think maybe those are some things that we unpack uh, later uh, in another session as well for uh, to, to help people work through those issues as well. Well, as always, it's been a great conversation. I am looking forward to this series as, again, it's kind of like I said, it's, it's one of these words that we throw around a whole bunch and we think everybody knows what it means, but, you know, it really, we typically all have different definitions and really thinking what does it mean if I really want to be a mentor and uh, talking about who should be a mentor, who should not be a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Mike raised his hand because no. since you know audio, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and, and what does it mean to do this? And and then can somebody claim to be your mentor without you actually wanting them to be your mentor? I've actually had that happen before. Oh. See somebody say, "I am their mentor." I'm like, "Oh, interesting." Um, to do that. So we're going to have more fun stories to come. Um, Again, I am looking forward to this conversation. We're going to have an ongoing conversation around this idea of mentoring, somewhat framed around this report um, from the National Academy Press, but really trying to see what this looks like. And for those of us that are out there that are planning mentoring programs for your local schools or for your Ag Teachers Associations, either in your state or or an area, hopefully you're going to find some... um, some helpful hints in all this as, as we talk about this, but also, you know, I, I've had a conversation with some ag teachers that are getting to that, you know, 10, 12, 15 year mark and trying to figure out, okay, what's next for me. And I think being this idea to step up to be a mentor might be that piece that as you try to figure out how do you got get re-energized 
Uh, but again, as we talk about with this definition, you can't be a mentor to the entire state. Uh, you know, and we'll talk about what the limitations there are for this. So again, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Uh, it'll be ongoing. And so we look forward to this. Hopefully you're going to, when you see this, you're going to join into the conversation through our social media comments. And we look forward to seeing you out, uh, as we talk more about mentoring. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Al Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.